Hi, I'm Sarah Lezhnev and you're watching Anything is Possible. I'm Patrick Sang, global citizen, investor. Join me as I talk with global influencers for their insight, wisdom, and how they overcame their own personal challenges. Sharing positivity, overcoming challenges, creating one world together. I'm Patrick Sang, anything is possible. Welcome to another episode of Anything is Possible. I have a special guest. We're in the beautiful surroundings in the pool in Dubai. Um, Dr. Sarah Lajnev. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope we're going to have a good conversation. We're going to have a really good conversation. <laughs> so, Sarah, um, you're obviously young, beautiful, talented, hardworking, I, but I can feel a lot of strong, positive energy from you. So, you're a triathlete, you're a rower, you're a swimmer, we're going to get into all of that. So we're in Dubai, it's been very nice to us in, in, in most terms, in terms of COVID. How has that been treating you? Ooh, that's a very good question. I mean, uh, I think it's been a little bit too long uh, and we're ready to leave it behind us, but I know it's not, I mean, it's not the case. The whole world is suffering from it. Um, thank God we're very lucky here in Dubai because the country is very safe, uh, everything is up to standards, uh, we're living our life, I mean we're respecting all the standards but we're still living better than other countries. We still can go to the gym, we still can work, uh, we're doing our life normally with respect to everything. So uh, we are very lucky. I mean it was, we had some hard times during the lockdown last year when it first started and then, uh, but I think when everyone comes together and everyone respects what is uh, asked from them, uh, we will get over this and hopefully we will leave it behind us and it will all, like, it will only be bad memory, <laughs> hopefully. Sure. Now, obviously you're a you know, young person, but you're also an inspiration to a lot of young people. Thank what you. kind of uh, advice would you give to some of our younger viewers? I would really tell them to just not lose hope um, and keep trying, even if it's hard. Even if it's like people are losing their jobs, people are moving from a job to another, uh, but hope is the most important thing. And uh, it's, it's time, it's a good time to reflect on our lives, to think about things that we want to do, to make plans for the future. Um, even if it's sometimes you make a plan and then something happens, so you have to change the plan, but still, uh, it's good to put milestones and plans and like to, to just see what, where you want to go and what you want to do. So um, I think it's, it's time because we have extra time in our hands. We're not running all over the places what we, like, we usually do. So um, it's, it, it would be a good thing to just sit down, relax, breathe, and then think about what we want to do in the future. Sure, great advice. Actually, one of my good uh, movies I like to quote is Tom Cruise in Valkyrie. He talks about in war, nothing ever goes according to plan. So even when you have a plan, sometimes there's exactly. a lot of disruption, right? Yeah. So let, let's uh, dissect the life a little bit. So <laughs> okay. tell us about your, your childhood. Uh, well, I had a, a happy childhood, I guess. Uh, I started swimming. I have two brothers, so one older, one younger. Uh, my older brother is two years older, and my younger brother is like four years younger than me. I used to do everything with my older brother. I mm. was like a tomboy when I was little. Uh, so I didn't play with dolls or those like girly things. I was playing football, playing handball, no. playing with cards, like doing all crazy kind of things. Uh, started swimming when I was five uh, with my older brother still. And then uh, just kept going, started loving swimming, fell in love with like brushstroke, started competing, racing, 
joined the national team at the age of 11 and then uh, moved to France when I was 15. So where, where did you grow up? In Tunis, in the capital. Uh, so uh, both my parents were in the military. Uh, so we had like quite a strict lifestyle. Uh, home, school, training, back home. So, um, but yeah, it was in, in the capital in Tunis. And then you uh, moved to France, to France when you were 15, right? Yes. Um, was mm -hmm. it because of the swimming? Yes, it was. Uh, I had the opportunity, like my federation and the Ministry of Sports, um, they, they were, I mean, every year they would take two of the best swimmers in the country and ask the parents if they want to send them to continue their studies uh, abroad to do sport études, it's called. So you study and you, you train at the same time in specific schools. It's like a boarding school, but for, for swimmers. Um, so my parents were okay. I mean, they asked me and I was really wanting to do it. Uh, and they supported me. They, they were like, if you want to do it, do it. We are with you. Uh, but the, what I didn't know is that I was spoiled when I was back home mm. and I was the only girl. Uh, I was the little princess at the house. Um, and when I moved, it was it was quite hard. It was uh, it was a, a little bit um, like changed everything in my life. I used to go like my parents used to take me to school, take me back from training, like go with my parents everywhere. I never took a bus in my life uh, until I moved to France, and then I had to like do all those things and learn to do those things on my own. So, um, Welcome to the real world. Exactly. At 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, was it tough? It was. It was, but I was determined. I wanted to do that. Like It was my decision to move away from my parents and to move away from everything I knew um, and to go and just like follow my dream of just being a good swimmer and qualifying to the Olympics like a couple of years later. So it was no way for me to just like give that all up and then cry and just go back home so um, even though you really enjoy crying a little bit <laughs> i am a crier you know like i used to talk to my parents like when they call me we used to use skype before so when they call me i would stay strong and talk to them and smile and like <laughs> laugh and be like everything is going fine everything is okay as soon as i they hang up I just like burst and cry <laughs> and start crying. Okay. But, uh, so you could be an actor, actress as well. <laughs> oh yeah, right. I was a good actress, okay. and I used to be able to cry very easily. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Don't well, make we'll, me we'll, cry. We'll, we'll, leave, we'll leave that uh, in, a, in a bit later. So it's great that your your family supported you, and yeah. just just talking about your moving to you know a completely different environment. Yeah. And I speak to a lot of friends here who have kids from the UK, France, Germany, the US, and a lot of them end up they want to bring the kids back to Europe or to, wherever yeah. they, they are because they think that sometimes Dubai is great it's convenient it's safe but sometimes you also want to show the kids another perspective mm -hmm. which is there are mm -hmm. homeless people yeah. there is crime um, mm -hmm. so did you wake up quite quite quickly once you moved settled in, in France um, I kind of did uh, I mean it was it was hard also because I didn't speak French I mean we used to study French in school but our first language was Arabic so um, even though I studied in a French school but going from like speaking Tunisian Arabic to going moving to France and having to speak the language and just like let people understand you and make people understand you mm. that was the the first challenge mm. honestly um and then moving from like studying everything in arabic to everything in french it was it was a big change for me 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I adapted quite well and I adapted quickly. Uh, but yeah, I, I got so <laughs> so many like things happening to me in, in the first year and the second year. But uh, one time I got like my bike stolen. Like I had it for one day. I bought it, I had it for one day and then I put it out and I had it stolen the second day. So I had to walk to school. Um, but yeah, I used to cross a forest to get from where I was living to the pool. Uh, so I remember like when I first get to the beginning of the forest, I would just like run and not look behind me because I used to train at 5 a.m. in the morning. So it was like completely dark and I just like run. I don't look back until I reach the pool and then I just like breathe and I'm like, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it was fun. You know, when I just think back about these things, it's, it's really fun. It was, a, it was a good time. What about swimming, the regime, the training? Tell us how tough that is. So a normal day for me, when I was swimming, because now I do triathlon. So when I was swimming, uh, so I used to wake up, just have breakfast, go swim, and then go to school, and then eat, train again, and then finish my homework, go, and then go to bed. So that's my day, really. It's like studying, swimming, and sleeping, pretty much. So you eat, sleep, study, and repeat. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, as a sort of professional athlete, mm -hmm. um, you obviously have to be very disciplined. Yeah. You have to, mm -hmm. you know, all your friends are, you know, dating boys, going out to the cinema, <laughs> and then you can't. Yeah. Uh, how, how tough was that mentally? But, you know, that's, that's the power. That's one of the powers of sport is that it teaches you discipline, but it also teaches you how to really set your day and how to have time for everything. Uh, for example, when I was in college, I mean, yeah, I was uh, like I, I studied, I went to the University of Florida and it was one of like, it's known for like party and people who party a lot and stuff, but um, we couldn't do that, you know, so we hang out like just the swimmers, we hang out together. We do have our own way to do things like, but only the weekends where we can like do things and go to cinema as you say or like but we cannot stay too late for example because we train at 5 a.m in the morning and we have a very long day so we have to sleep early so it's just like you know it's a circle you sleep early you wake up early if you sleep a little bit late then you wake up tired in the morning and then it's gonna affect your training and then you're gonna get yelled at and it's just like so um and you get so used to the routine obviously you right? do you do get used to it and because i've been doing it for such a long time i mean i did it when i was in tunisia and then when i moved to france i was studying and training at the same time and then got recruited by the University of Florida and moved to Florida and it was the same thing I was a student athlete so I was studying and swimming at the same time so you just get used to it it becomes something normal and if you don't do it then it's not normal sure so the days where we don't train we feel like we have a lot of time in our hands and we need to do something so um, which is which is good you know so because people sometimes like ask us how you do this how can you train and study and do all these things but that's it's repetition and when you just like do it over and over again you just get used to it sure. it becomes I, a habit and like you said you're now a triathlete but in between I, I understand that you did a lot of rowing yes so you did rowing here in the UAE for your local club is mm -hmm. it Alhamria is that how you say Alhamria yes yeah. so tell us what, why did you add rowing to the whole mix are you not well, busy enough uh, no it was <laughs> so in 2016 I had a little bit of a, of a like a setback um, and then I just found myself in rowing. I just got back on my feet because of rowing and uh, because I always had rowing in my head. It's, it's a water sport also, so I didn't go away too much from the water because I love the water. And it's an endurance sport. Um, so, and I wanted to try something different from swimming. I kind of like 
I was just tired of swimming at some point. So I wanted to try something different and trying rowing really helped me get back on my feet, just get back uh, mentally speaking, physically speaking, like everything. And uh, I really fell in love with it. And I learned it in a time like in a very short time even like the first day I showed up to the club like the coach had to take me because it was a military club um, so he couldn't tell me no because my mom is a military officer and he couldn't tell me no but he laughed at me he was like what are you doing here like I was 26 or 27 he was like you've never been on a boat I was like no so he was like what are you doing here I'm like I want to learn uh, so he was really surprised because it's not something that people do usually but I was determined to learn how to row. And then we had the competition, like we had the Tunisian championships in uh, like a month. He was like, okay, that's your challenge. You're gonna participate and go. And I did for a whole month. I was really committed training morning and afternoon. And like my, my hands were just completely gone. Mm. And, but we went to that race and I, I won the race in a double. So, um, so we were Tunisian champions after a month. So my double was like already a rower. Um, and then I came back to the AE and I started rowing with, uh, with the local team, with the Hamreya, uh, 2017-2018. And it was really fun. I honestly enjoyed it. I loved being like in the water, on the boat and doing different events because you have the singles call, you have the double, you have the mix, you have the quad. So you don't get bored. You really don't get bored. Sure. So. And when, when, they, when, the, when you first went and then they were, you know, the, the, the coach or the teacher was saying, you know, why are you here? Yeah. Do you think it was because you were too old to start? Or, For was, him. or, or was it uh, you're a woman? Or what was the reason? Both. both? Okay. <laughs> Probably both. Uh, yeah, especially in Tunisia and in like for us and the Arab countries in general, it's uh, it is a thing like they always look at age as um, like a problem, which I for me, honestly, I'm in peace with my age. I'm 31 now and I love my age. I don't think I could be any other age and I enjoy being 31. So at the time I was like 27 and yeah, because he thought I was too old to learn something new and because I was a woman too. So it was like yeah no why would you do that and how are you gonna do this and you know so it was both of them it was a, it was a combination but so mostly age was his problem because for him possible, i was right? yeah oh my god it is anything is possible Good. if you because put your uh, head into it yeah. and you really want to do it you can find a way so, so. watch watch for the next race me and you rowing okay? <laughs> oh yeah okay. oh you row okay. no, no i don't row i use the machine but not very good okay. um <laughs> okay, tell, tell us about, you know, I, I think you're our first um, Olympic athlete, so we're very honored and privileged Thank to have you, you here. Tell Thank us about the, the mindset of a, you know Olympic athlete. I think being very good at your club, in your city, in your country is good, yeah. but going to Olympics is a special occasion. It is. It is another thing. Honestly, it's, it's, a, it's the next level um, because I don't think like for, for a kid, like being a kid, your Olympic dream is the ultimate dream for you. So if you if you have the chance to be like in an Olympic sport, because some other sports are not Olympic, uh, but if you do an Olympic sport, yeah, that's your ultimate goal is to go to the Olympics because it is the Olympics. Mm. It's not world championships because the championships are only into your sport. So the games are all the sports coming together from everywhere in the world. It is the Olympics. Like the Olympic spirit is just like all over the village. So, um, but in order to do that, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And it's not like if it was given to everyone, like it wouldn't be that special. Sure. If anyone could do it, it wouldn't be that special. But whoever wants to make it and they put 
the like the work and just the dedication they can do it so uh, but yeah it takes a lot of work a lot of dedication a lot of sacrifices uh, a lot of cries and and just like practicing and I mean dying at practice but then you just get back the next day and try to do better and the next day and the next day so um, so yeah and it's, it's a cycle it's not like in a year you can just make the Olympics it's a dream that you work towards like from a younger age and you work the cycle until after a couple of years you just like want to make it so for a kid like for now they prepare kids from like a very young age and they set goals for them to make the Olympics after eight years after 12 years after 16 years so uh, so it is it's a big plan it is a plan and we said that sometimes the plan doesn't work but it's always good to have a plan and then change and tweak little things in it but not having a plan at all it's chaos you cannot go just like and, and try to do things just whatever because it doesn't work it wouldn't work and you don't have you can't see where you're going if you don't know like where you're headed or like how you're headed there so um so yeah great advice um education is obviously important to you you've studied in paris and also in, in florida so Tell us about the, the differences between studying in Europe and and also in, in Middle East yeah. and also in North America. So it is very important to me. Yeah, education is very important. And I want it to have like different looks like from different countries. That's how like that's why I want it to study in different places, too. Um, so going to high school, I did my high school in France and graduated from France with uh, with my high school degree and then moved to Florida did my my university in florida it, it is different but i mean it's different also because i was in high school and i moved to college so but the college system in the u.s is very well done to adapt and to just let athletes practice their sports and do their sports at the highest level mm. um, because we don't have that in europe we don't have that in the middle east either um, so it's, it's a very good example to take uh to just like apply to to enable i mean in order to have like good athletes uh, in, in all sports and then here I wanted to do my master from a different country too so I didn't want to do the European or the American system so I chose to do the Australian system um, and that's how I had my master degree here at the Australian University and then went back to Europe <laughs> and uh, did the um, like the doctorate in Paris again uh, I mean but that one was online it's it's just uh, it's it's an online degree so you're the smartest swimmer out there right <laughs> well I don't want to say the smartest <laughs> probably one of the smartest but uh, but yeah I like education it for me it was always like going hand in hand with my sports mm. it was no way for me to just like let go of my studies and focus on swimming or like let go swimming and focus on my studies and I think it paid off because I have a lot of friends who just gave up their school sure. and their studies and now they're struggling because they're nowhere they stopped their sports but then they found themselves with nothing because they didn't have school like I have friends who stopped after high school because they were following like the Federation and going like and swimming all over the places but one injury can just change your life sure. and you you really have to think about that so um, but yeah thank God I I had people around me that were advising me and my parents were good examples to me so uh, for me like school was one of the most important things. Sure. Can you please tell me a bit about um, your participation in um, applying for the uh, FINA World Championships in Abu Dhabi for 2020? Oh, that was a very good experience. That was um, when I worked with the UAE Swimming Federation here uh, in Dubai. 
Uh, so that was, that was in 2014. We worked on the bidding file uh, to win the bid to organize the World Championships in Abu Dhabi. Um, we prepared the file. Um, I was part of the team that prepared the file. And then we went to, uh, to Qatar for the World Championships that were happening there in 2014 to present to the FINA Bureau. Um, and I had the chance to present to the FINA Bureau too. Um, and honestly, it was an amazing experience because it made me um, just experience as a swimmer, like the world of swimming as a swimmer and from the other side too, as an organizer and as an admin. Um, and then we won the bid. So we won that bid and we will, inshallah, we will organize the world championships. They were supposed to be in 2020, but they got moved because of sure. COVID to 2021, December 2021. Okay. So hopefully we will host that. And uh, yeah, honestly, it's a, it's a great achievement. And I'm so proud to have been part of that team that won the bid um, to organize the world. So congratulations. Hopefully it, it happens. Hopefully and, it will happen. And yeah. it goes um, yeah, well. Um, and then we were mentioning offline, talking about Tokyo. Uh, the Olympics. So what do you think is going to happen and how do you think we should adapt to, you know, the Olympics? Well, these Olympics are going to be special a little bit. I mean, they are the Olympics still. So it's still a privilege to go and participate at the Olympics, but they're going to be a little bit different because there will be no spectators. And uh, some of the countries are going to like shrink the number of athletes that they're going to send. Uh, but it's still, it is still the Olympics, it cannot be cancelled because it has to happen. We cannot go like of a gap of 10 years without having like Olympics. Um, so uh, hopefully it will happen and hopefully it will be a success. Um, and then it will just like be behind and then going to 2024 and preparing. And this Olympic, like the next Olympic cycle is going to be very short because it's only three years. Sure. So uh, it's going to be a challenging Olympic cycle. But uh, I think the athletes are going to be good and it's it's just gonna be like a way to come back into the sports scene and sure. hopefully covid will be over by that time yeah. i hope we hope we hope so. so so you know you're obviously somebody who has a lot of drive motivation you're doing swimming doing rowing and then you change to or add it to your repertoire <laughs> triathlon is it this like constant seek of challenge or are you getting bored of the swimming why, why do you have to you know do something even more you difficult know, i feel like it's it's um i don't choose my sports randomly you know it's it's just like it looks like it and probably it feels like it mm. but it's not random because i feel like it's the natural way of things uh because the age for triathlon and performance in triathlon actually is later than swimming so especially now swimming to perform in swimming like younger kids are coming up and they're like really going fast so for me i started like i tried to move towards like triathlon because and i enjoyed it and i kind of like since i moved to dubai triathlon is growing in the uae sure. and i i fell in love with it i started doing like um the swim runs the aquathlons which is just like swimming and running and then i got into triathlon because at, at the beginning i was scared of the bike so i i didn't want to bike so i just i was like i'll just get into it just little by little and just swim and run and if you know any swimmers we are like handicapped and running we don't know how to run so um so i had to learn like slowly and little by little how to run uh, and how not to injure myself because being a swimmer for like over 20 years it's really hard to go out of the water and start doing a sport like an impact sport uh, because it's, it's very easy to get injured sure. because we're not used to that impact um, so I had to learn slowly and little by little, get injured, 
once and twice and three mm. times and get back every time. Uh, but thank God now I'm, I'm at a stage where I'm good and I'm progressing and uh, injury free for a while, <laughs> touch wood. So uh, yeah, and uh, I love triathlon and I mean for me that's, that's my future in sports. Um, going like the, uh, the sprint distance and then getting into the, the half distance, the Ironman distance, 70.3. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. So in, in, in Asia, um, like in Hong Kong where I, where I live, um, typically a lot of Asian parents were, were not very, um, not as supportive for the kids to do sports. Oh, okay. Right, And it's not because of the health, the exercise. I think we, we believe that, uh, this is just a bit of a stereotype, I guess, <laughs> where you think, oh, you know, playing football, swimming is useless. Okay. You need to go, go, to and get to a, go and get a job, right? <laughs> um, so I think, you know, in the Middle East region is a little bit more Asian in that respect. Mm -hmm. So yes. what, 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 what is your view to aspiring sports people um, who might not get the encouragement from their family to, you know, get a chance? Honestly, you need to find it within you. Um, so it's not, you cannot find the motivation in other people because if you keep seeking the motivation from other people, you will never find it and you will never reach what you want to reach. You really need to just get it from within you, dig deep. And if you have it, you, you will do it and you will find a way to, to do it and to train, even if the people around you are not supporting you. Because I mean, even for me, even if I had the support of my parents, I didn't always have the support of my parents. Like sometimes my parents didn't agree with my choices, but because I like for me, sometimes I know I was wrong, so I would go along with them. But sometimes I knew they were not understanding the whole picture and I still went with my plan. And then like when I succeed, I tell them like I go back and talk to them and explain like this is you see it worked because I believed in it and I know that it would have worked. So you cannot just pray and hope that people will support you and that's how you will succeed. No, you really, really have to believe in yourself and then people will believe in you because you're just going to externalize that belief in yourself and people will see it and then they will give it back to you. But if you don't have it, you will never get it. So a good takeaway from that, um, Sarah, is um, you have to believe in yourself. You have to be passionate about whatever you're mm -hmm. doing yourself yes. and hopefully you get support. But if you don't, you just have to move on, right? Um, you mentioned earlier that the reason you started rowing, or part of the reason, was because you, you suffered a, a setback. Yeah. And uh, in anything impossible, we always love talking about setbacks. <laughs> so, what's the biggest setback in your you know career? Have you faced and how did you overcome it? Well, uh, I mean, I had a couple of setbacks. Say some of them injuries and some of them like really forced injuries. Uh, but I think, yeah, the biggest one was in 2016 where I pretty much like lost everything. Like when I say everything is everything. Okay. So uh, I quit my school. I, I was in the middle of my master degree. I quit my master degree. Uh, I lost all my money. I, I lost everything. Like I, it's just like, and I was on my own. Um, the only good thing uh, is that my parents never gave up on me. Uh, even if I was here and they were back in Tunisia, but they never gave up on me even though I was pushing them away And honestly, I never said it on camera or like anywhere else and this is the first time I just like say it But uh, but yeah, they never gave up on me and at some point they just got me a ticket and they said you come home uh, They sent me a friend. He put me on a plane and they sent like they, they took me back to Tunisia It was really hard because I had a really tough time that was in 2016 so August end of August 2016 I moved back to Tunisia and uh, for until the end of the year 
I was in a very like really hard um, like state of mind mm. but that's when I told you I started driving because for me yes I was crying all the time I was having nightmares I was just like suffering a lot I was not sleeping I, I decided to go back to the US uh, to just like have a little bit of time away from my parents too because even though they wanted to help the pressure that they were putting on me was like a little bit tough so I went to the US for a week cleared my mind set and I was like okay what are we doing now yes we lost everything but what are we gonna do we're gonna kill ourselves no we're not gonna kill ourselves are we gonna die from it we're not gonna die we're still alive so we need to get back on it we need to get back on our feet we need to really get back so flew back to Tunisia decided to go back into sports because that was my only thing back then I lost school I lost I mean school money everything I didn't have anything except sport so and I was in Tunisia so I was staying at home with my parents decided to get rowing because I couldn't swim anymore swimming for me was like a big no I couldn't even get into a pool and smell the smell of chlorine um, so started rowing and that's how I got back into it so it's always good to find something that you're passionate about that will help you really get back on track with with your life um, because when I remember the way I was back then like on the 31st of August when I went back to Tunisia it's just like for me I was dead I was a zombie like I was literally dead and just because I started drawing and I just put myself like put all the effort and all the anger and all like all the emotions I put them into like rowing and I started feeling better I started feeling better got back to Dubai contacted my school explained things to them got me back on on my master degree finished my master degree and like I took all the classes like I was not even allowed but my university allowed me to take the classes finished my master degree won the national championship here so and got back to working slowly but uh, it's just like as long as you're not dead you can you can do anything and you can get back to do anything so uh, that's why like I always do what doesn't kill you makes you stronger definitely like some people don't believe in it but it is it is the truth if you're not dead you can get back on your feet there's no reason why not to because if you would have been dead then it's done it's over but it's never over until it's really over so until you're under like under the sand so Great advice. That's that's the reason why you're on the show. You know, it's Thank anything, you. anything is possible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, what do you think is the top um, quality for a you know professional athlete? I think perseverance, hmm. never giving up, yeah. and consistency. Because if you have the perseverance and the never giving up like mode, but you're not consistent and you're up and down, you cannot you cannot just stay on the long run. You really have to have consistency hmm. and have drive. So, um, so those are like the sure. really most important. And in 2019, you won an award for you know pioneer uh, leaders. Mm -hmm. um, do you think there's a difference between being a leader and an athlete? No, uh, no. I think that's why sports. It's not only about sports. It's not only about practicing the sport because like doing the sport really teaches you a lot of things in life and you can take these things to your personal life you can take them to your business life you can apply them to the business that you're in or to your business life or to your work life so that's the good thing about sport because you can really take things from it and apply them to to your other like sides of, of the life um, so no I mean being an athlete because you are leading yourself 
and being a leader for me like a leader is a leader by example so you do what you preach for so for me like I only say the things that I can do and I do them before I say them to show people that it's possible and you can do it I mean if I did it and I've never done it before there's no reason why you can't do it so it's just because I put the effort I put the work and I know that I will do it so I do it um, and then anyone else can do it that's honestly that's the way I go with everything that I try to reach out to people and to get to people um, great advice Thank you. Um, in terms of uh, setting career goals is there anything that you would have done differently if you were advising like your younger self I don't think so you know like we always say if 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 mm. uh, but I don't like those ifs because every if will take you to another if and uh, you, you can remake the world with ifs uh, but no because if I would have made anything different my life would have been different and I wouldn't be the same person that I am standing in front of you today uh, so I don't I never regret anything I've done uh, good or bad if it's bad I learn from it if it's good great it's it's an achievement but if it's bad I just learn from it I don't just sit there and cry over it I learn from it and I move on um, so I don't like saying maybe if I did this I could have done that and I would have been this no everything happens for a reason um, and when it happens it did happen at the right time and at the right like moment and in the right place so um, yeah interesting what about risk-taking how do you em embrace risk-taking I think I'm a risk-taker um, yeah uh, it's just it doesn't scare me to take risks because what's the worst that could happen the worst that could happen is that you fail and it's not the end of the world like you will fail but you will survive and you will move on and you will get back into your life like for me now for example training and training for the Olympics let's say it's not an easy decision because I had to put my life on hold and go train for a competition that might not happen and even if it does happen the races before it and the qualifications might not happen so I could be just training and then won't be able to race to qualify but still it is a risk that I want to take because I remember I talked to my coach and he told me Sarah like when you are 70 or 80 and you talk to your grandkids and they tell you grandma what did you do back then you will say either I worked or I went to the Olympics for a second time so he was like you choose which one you want to tell them and it is true like if I have the possibility to go to the Olympics hell yeah I will go like I'm gonna take this opportunity because not everyone has that privilege and that opportunity to go so if I have it I'm gonna put the work and put everything that I can for me to go and if I don't go at least I would have tried but I will never know if I don't try so um, so yeah it's all about trying it is um, in terms of, um, you know, you're also, you run your own business now as well. So how do you manage, you know, running your business, swimming, training, <laughs> Olympics, and, you know, personal life? How do, you, how do you deal with, like, management of time? Well, let's put the personal life on the side. Okay. No, no personal <laughs> life. <no. laughs> uh, I'm really bad at that. 
Uh, Nobody's but, perfect. That's the whole. Yeah, that's the whole, right. <laughs> that's why life is fair that's sometimes. Why you're where human. No one's perfect, you know. So, uh, so she's she's a, she's normal. She's not perfect. She's, she's not perfect. Okay? It's normal. Yeah. Um, well, with COVID now, really, like work is very slow because I mean, I like in the company, like in the sales support services, it's all about like support services. So uh, we do consulting, sports consulting uh, with sports entities. We have swimming products and sports products in general, coaching. Um, so it's a lot of things involved, but because everything is slowing down with the sports field, um, it's actually giving me time to train. Sure. And it's good uh, because I needed time to think and to take decisions and to make decisions and to move forward with my training. Um, and thank God, like this allowed me to actually make those decisions. Um, so yeah, but I'm not perfect. I, <laughs> I'm really bad with the personal life and with the personal side of life. Things can all, um, things will always get better. Hopefully, okay. yeah. So I mean, good, good luck uh, I try to work on no, that. Okay. <laughs> um, let's talk talk about something a bit more fun. Okay. So any any movies or books that you've watched that is inspiring to you that you want to share with the audience? I'm not a reader. That's okay. not a good thing, That's, people. Okay. <laughs> uh, movies or podcasts? Exactly, or movies. Yeah, I love movies. Yeah, mm. um, I could go to like I. Used to go to the cinema on my own and I actually like going to the cinema by myself because when I go with my friends they start talking and I hate it um, so you're really I do focus okay. yeah I like to focus on what's in front of me okay. um, so but movies that I like yeah mm. probably maybe people will think it's cheesy but um, I do love Troy um, and mm. Gladiator because mm. I think they're like amazing movies mm. uh, and I don't think there's like any movies that have been made like like those um, but uh, yeah I'm, I kind of like I like all kinds of movies except scary movies and sci-fi but uh, yeah because I, I love movies and I enjoy them I, I can watch like depends on my mood sometimes I can watch comedy sometimes I can watch crime uh, but yeah but those are like my top two with a notebook <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a romantic okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah okay and then um, you know obviously you're, you're a swimmer you're professional motivation drive uh, perseverance not giving up but let's talk about like principles and ethics what principles and ethics do you live by and how do you uphold them okay uh, so for me the most important thing is like honesty mm. um, I like to be honest with people and I like people to be honest with me in return uh, truthful so I, I hate liars um, I really cannot I don't like to lie and I don't like people lying to me uh, so really those are the, the most important things like because I feel like if you're honest everything else comes together uh, because and if you're honest with yourself too sure. uh, because you will not accept things and you you know that if something is bad you will not do it because you you're like you're honest with yourself and you have those ethics and you're just um, yeah. so yeah I think those are the most important things for me is really honesty and, and truthfulness um, and I try I mean I try to be like that myself because I mean you cannot expect something from people if you actually don't have it uh, in yourself um, so yeah and does uh, religion or spirituality um, um, have a great uh, bearing on your life yes it does yeah um, I mean religion really helps me um, because as I told you earlier like everything happens for a reason because I'm a believer I believe that everything happens for a reason and I believe that God will never God loves us all and God will never like want something bad to happen to us so even if we have setbacks even if some bad things happen to us 
they're meant to happen for a reason. And maybe God wants you to just change direction, to look somewhere else, to just go on a different path. And but you, you just, because we never see the bigger picture. And uh, that's, that's what helps me actually go with my life and just like live my life day by day. And because I know that there's a bigger entity that is looking, like looking up. Um, and uh, it's just like, I, I will not, like I'm not alone in this world. And uh, so it really helps me. Yeah, religion is very important to me. So, um, yeah. Good. And what about uh, role models? Who's your role model? I think my parents are my role models. Um, because I like growing up, I've seen how hard they were working and uh, how like how hard they were trying to make everything like happen for us. Mm. And especially my mom. So both my parents are in the military, but my dad is retired and my mom is still in the military. So she's a general in the military, in the Tunisian military now and seeing her working in the, in the men's world mm. and in a men's job and not always being accepted. Um, it really made me try to be as strong as she is like I always try to be the person she is or like half or 10% of the person she is because it's just like the way she does it I wish I could be uh, like that way and maybe like we took different paths like she's in the military but I'm an athlete but it's just like the same things apply um, and uh, yeah if it, if it wasn't for her I wouldn't be the person I am today I think so um, so yeah of course, everyone's favorite person is the mother, <laughs> right? Um, do you believe in luck? Uh, yes and no. Mm. Yes and no. Um, I think you create your own luck. Uh, so it's not good to say, oh, I'm not lucky and I like nothing is working for mm. me. And it's just mm. like, it's not my lucky day today. Sure. No, you create your own luck. You go and get your luck. <laughs> so, um, but at the same time, there are things that could happen at certain times that you you just feel lucky at that moment exactly and some things just like happen like out of nowhere that you say yeah today i'm lucky like this is my lucky day uh so that's why i said yes and no uh but you cannot just sit back and wait for luck to happen uh that's why i said no uh it's just you need to work and you need to try and then like if you need a little bit of push that's like push is luck like the the little push that you get at the end is luck but uh you cannot have that little push if you're just sitting back sure. and hoping that it falls on top of your head yeah no, no makes so, makes sense uh, i think uh, all, all we can do is just try our best exactly and then things yeah. just happen and yeah. if they don't they don't obviously exactly. um so what are like yeah. regrets um some people have them some people don't have them um what's been your biggest regret so far my biggest regret Honestly, I told you, I don't regret anything, but maybe um, it's not like one specific thing, mm. but it's just like I'm very trusty. Um, and, and sometimes I just wish I was less trusty um, because I always, always like just get it back in my face uh, because I do trust and I do always see the good in people. I never look at the bad. Mm and it's just sometimes it's it's the world doesn't work like that like yes we are all born like a white page but some people just go on different paths and just experience different things and it makes them different um so yeah i wish i was a little bit um uh, less sometimes i would think that i'm naive like to that point so uh but it's not bad it's at least like when i when i just 
think about that i just say i'd rather be the naive person than the person tricking like you know Absolutely. so uh yeah I'd, I'd rather be the trustee than the one that you put your trust in and then they just like don't deserve it so uh, of course yeah well keep keep at it it's uh <laughs> the world's not as uh nice as it should be but you know that's what it is and yeah. we try to adapt ourselves to exactly. it right um in terms of success how would you personally define your what do you think success is and then how do you go about you know getting it well i think success is um it, it is it's personal it is very personal because what i think is success you might not think is success oh, sure. um so we we just set our own successes and our own goals in a way and then try to work towards them and when you reach your goals that's a success so uh so for me that's that's what that's how i define success so i put my own goals and then when i reach them i work towards them when i reach them that's that's a success for me and success can be as big as going to the olympics or having a doctorate mm. degree or and can be as small as just like making a session and hitting your targets at a, at, a, at a session, at a training session, because there are little milestones that you reach that will take you to the big, uh, to the big goal and to the big success. So, um, so yeah. Sarah, what is your life ethos? My? Okay. Hmm. That's a, that's a tricky question. I don't know. I never thought about it. Don't know. Try your best. Never give up. <laughs> well, Enjoy yourself. No, but it's just like how do yeah. you how do you live each day by you know what's your honestly I live like day by day. I, I just try to get through the day and then not think about the next day, but sometimes I do. I do. So live in the present. Yeah, but no, okay. <laughs> I say that, but I don't really do it because I think a lot and uh, I try to always stick to my plan and just. And as you said, like the plan never happens like the way we want it to happen. So, um, but um, yeah, no, it's just like really enjoying is the most important thing. Sure. Enjoying because like we only live once. So if you don't enjoy now, when are you going to enjoy it? Unless people believe in like a second and third <laughs> and fourth life. Yeah. <laughs> For me, I'm only going to live once. And uh, after that, I'll be dead. So I will regret everything that I didn't live or I didn't enjoy. So it's really about enjoying. It's all about enjoying. Sure. And then what about your legacy? What, what, what do you think you want to do to pass on your legacy? I think, um, yeah, I, like, I want when people think about me later, if I'm, if I'm dead, they would say that I did something. Um, and it would be just um, like empowering women, especially in our region, uh, because it's still like for me being an athlete it's not just about being an athlete it's really a way for me to to tell the world that we like women we can do it as men can do it and sometimes even better no offense <laughs> generally speaking yes so, uh, it's just the world's tactic yeah up against exactly women, because because we there are a lot of stereotypes and there especially like i mean in our region sometimes it's it's even harder because there's always that look of like the arab woman or the muslim woman um that or the veiled woman um but they're just stereotypes like veiled women can be athletes too arab women can be athletes muslim women can be athletes like it's just like there are no rules to anything you can be anything you want if you really 
have the courage to do it and have like the work ethics to do it. Um, so really what I want is, is just like empowering women and giving them a voice, like giving a voice to people who don't have a voice and that through sports because that's what I do best, I think, um, and that's how I can help. So, um, and I try, like every day I try to do it and hopefully like I'm succeeding a little bit and I will keep doing it until I like we, we see a change. Like change is coming uh, and it's happening slowly but surely. So um, yeah. Change is the only constant, right? As they say. It is, it is. Mm. And I mean, we cannot stay still. We can't stay in one place. Like change is constantly happening. Mm. Uh, and you have to be comfortable with change um, because you cannot just fight change. Change will happen anyway. So you just have to be comfortable with it. Yeah. I think the example I would give is like during COVID, it's a difficult situation for everybody. And, you know, whether you like it or not, you've got to adapt. Exactly. And, um, you know, you've got to keep evolving mm -hmm. both, you know, on, in your career, your family, your health, your personal life, whatever it may be. Right. Yeah. Um, so what's the next big thing for Sarah? The next big thing besides the Olympics, <laughs> hopefully, if it happens and if it works. Um, it's really, I mean, on my sports life and on my athlete uh, life, it's really to just keep doing what I'm doing, uh, keep inspiring and participating. At, like, I mean, now that I'm getting more seriously into triathlon, uh, racing the world championships in September. Um, and then, so that's the multi-sport world championships and then qualifying and racing uh, the 70.3 world championships in New Zealand 2021, hopefully. So. so Sarah, uh, on Anything is Possible, we, we share positivity, we overcome challenges and we create one world together, which is the, the work that you're doing for inclusion and also to make the world more diverse. Our last question is always, uh, Dr. Sarah Lechnev, please share with us your number one advice, especially to our younger audience. Um, my number one advice would be really to never give up on your dreams. And uh, so you need to have a dream and never give up on a dream. Um, would like even though you would have people just discouraging you and just forget close your eyes on all those haters on everyone that's trying to like put hurdles on your way and just keep going until you reach and try again and again and again you will fail but keep trying until you reach it because failing is not the end of the world it's not the end of the story it's not the end of your road it's just the beginning so you could fail once and twice and three times but you will succeed at some point if you keep doing it and that's what makes the difference between winners and losers because losers they just try once and then they give up but if you don't give up you will become a winner at some point beautiful advice uh, Sarah once again thank you for for joining us um, so I think much. you are a very inspiring young individual um, and again, nobody's perfect, but I'm sure you, you'll get there. <laughs> Keep going in the, in the goals. But thank, thank, you for, you. thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope people enjoyed this conversation. And I really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Thank you. Um, so, and I hope you enjoy your stay in Dubai. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> thank you.